0: Hey there, podcasters. I just wanted to pop on today to be a blessing to you and tell you exactly what is happening in this moment in your life. I know that some of you are right now wondering um, what's going to happen. We have a little bit more time left in the year, and you know, is that unanswered prayer going to happen? Um, what's happening with um, the school systems, with jobs? with transitioning etc and today i wanted to pop on to give you some guidance and some clarity so you can know exactly what's happening right now and where you're at in the process of it so again today i want to be a blessing to you i'm happy for everyone that's taken the time to be loyal listeners to our podcast station but not only that for just taking the opportunity to gird yourself up in the word of God in this particular time. During this time, things are different. We've never experienced things the way we're experiencing it now. It's like a brand new normal. And I want you to begin to become comfortable with being uncomfortable so that you can begin to see clearly and receive the blessings that God has for you in this hour. So again, we're going to jump right in. My scriptures today are going to come out of Mark 8 verses 24 through 26. Mark 8 verses 24 through 26. And if I had to put a title on today's uh, lesson, I would title it The Process. I want you to think about that for a minute. I would title it the process. And the reason I would title it the process is because what a process is, it's a series of actions or steps that have to be taken to achieve an expected end. Now we already know that From the word of God and from the previous teachings that I've mentioned to you time and time again, that God is going to get you to an expected end. And for those of you that are new and just jumped on and you're like, what is an expected end? You can find the beginning of the nuggets of an expected end in Jeremiah 29 and 11. First and foremost, if you believe that God is high and supreme in your life and that Jesus Christ died on the cross and rose on the third day, and on that third day, uh, he allows his Holy Spirit to dwell here to lead and guide us um, right now in today's time, then you would understand that Jeremiah 29 and 11 tells you that everything that's happening to you is not happening to harm you, not happening to to hurt you, but it's actually happening to bring you into purpose. So that's basically what Jeremiah, Jeremiah 29 and 11 is telling us. The word of God says that I know the plans that I would have for you is not to hurt you or to harm you, but to give you a hope in the future. So that's what Jeremiah 29 and 11 is telling us that nothing is happening that is new under the sun because Solomon tells us that, that there's nothing happening that has not already happened. So if, if that's true and we all agree that it is because we all are following the word of God, then we can be trusting in the fact and rest assured that God is going to bring us to an expected end. But during that process of bringing us through an expected end, we have to understand what happens in the process. And that's kind of what I'm going to talk to you about today is what is happening in the process. Because sometimes I believe that as some of us get ready to transition into new jobs, into a new normal. Um, maybe you weren't teaching at home and now you're teaching at home as a wife, as a mother, as a father, you know, as a husband. Maybe you're you're out of a job and looking for a new job and maybe you already have received that job and you're in a difficult place where you're trying to transition into this new environment. Maybe you, you were so used to going to church and having friends and now you're having to learn how to go to church virtually. You're having to learn how to teach virtually. You're having to learn how to communicate virtually and you have never did that. But I'm here to tell you on today that if you go through the process, which like I said in the beginning of the teaching, a process is a series of actions or steps that have to be taken to get you to this expected place, then I'm You can rest assured that you're going to be blessed on today. So that leads us right into Mark eight and 24. I'm sure that everybody's already there. And for those that just popped on, I'm in Mark eight and 24. The title of today's topic is the process. And it reads as this, when they arrived in Bethsaida, some people brought a blind man to Jesus and they begged him to touch and heal him. Jesus took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village. Then spitting on the man's eyes, he laid his hands on him and asked, can you see anything now? And I want you to take note of that. Can you see anything now? The man looked around and said, yes, I see people, but I can't see them very clearly. They look like trees walking around then Jesus placed his hands over the man's eyes again. As the man stared intently, his sight was completely restored and he could see everything clearly. Jesus sent him home saying, don't go back into the village on your way home. I say that again, don't go back into the village on your way home. So now, we're going to just begin to dissect this thing because it's, it's like we're at a buffet and we get to choose everything that we want to put on our plates. And on today, I'm going to leave you blessed and full so that you can make it through this season that God has you in Smoothly now, but remember I said it's a process. But right now, some people are feeling like you know they don't know exactly what's what the expected end is. Some people are feeling very anxious in their spirit when the Word of God tells us to be anxious for nothing. And why worry about tomorrow when there's enough worrying about today? So what I've come to tell you and to to decree and declare is that you can settle your spirit on today. You can settle your spirit on knowing that God is taking you through a process. You. You know, Jasmine, how do you know that? See, I know that by reading the word of God. When we read in Mark 8 and 24, this is how it reads. The first sentence says when they arrived in Bethsaida, some people brought a blind man to Jesus and they begged him to touch and heal this man. Now, before we go any further, we're going to begin to lay a basement. And the groundwork, this tells us a little bit about this city because that's important for you to understand that. And then it's important for you to understand that the people in the city is who brought this blind man to Jesus. So this city has a bit of history. First of all, let's break down the name of the city. So what does the name of the city mean? See, I'm, I'm a firm believer is that you have to begin to break things down and it's, it's finite detail as you can to begin to appreciate the text, to begin to appreciate what the Holy Spirit is trying to tell us in this hour and lead each and every one of us to. So that first sentence, the city is called Bethsaida. Now, Bethsaida, when you look it up in the Hebrew, it says house of haunt or haunt meaning H-U-N-T or house of so when I say hunt, it's like the house of hunting, they're hunting for something there, or another word is the house of fishing. And you say, okay, so what does all that mean? Now, remember the disciples that Jesus called, we'll, we'll just talk about a few, but Peter, Andrew, And Philip were called out of this particular hometown called Bethsaida. Now, they were fishermen, of course. Remember, Peter was, they were fishermen. Come on now, when Jesus met them, they were fishing. You remember the story when he tells him to cast his net to the other side. See, this is what I'm talking about. This is the town that we're talking about. This is a fishing town. And when God met, uh, Peter, uh, well, Jesus met Peter. He he tells him that he can make him fishers of men because he knew they was from a fishing town and they had a fishing business. And this is the process they had went to to be who they were at that expected time that Jesus had met them. But we're going to take it a step further. Now I've already told you that Bethsaida is the house of fishing. That's the name in Hebrew. But the, the other interesting thing that comes with this particular place is that Jesus, uh, eventually ended up cursing this particular city, which I found very interesting. And he did that back in Matthew because of their, um, abstinence in their spiritual infidelity. So basically uh, in a nutshell, what that's saying is that they didn't believe in in it. They didn't believe in what Jesus was doing. So Jesus had already done healings in this particular town previously. And even though they saw the healings, they still did not believe that he was the Messiah, or they still didn't even have an inkling to feel convicted about the things that they were doing. You And and I find that interesting how someone can come and, uh, show you the way which that's what he was doing, showing them the way, not just by saying it, but his audio and his visual match. And what does that mean when your audio and your visual match? He's doing healings. He's not in here cussing anybody out. He's in here speaking encouragement to people. So his audio and his visual, it matches. They still didn't feel convicted about how they felt in in and of themselves being that, I, you know, I'm in a, in a place that I shouldn't be right now. I, you know, I'm committing sins and I should try to get this thing right. You know, they, none of that even dawned on them. They didn't even have a conscience for it. They really could care less. It it was like, no matter how many healings he could do there, they still were going to be in the rut that they were in because they chose to. And I say, because they chose to, because following Christ is a choice. You can listen to my podcast every day. You can read your Bible every day. But until you make up in your mind that you physically, mentally, spiritually want to follow Christ and you want him to be ruler, reign and supreme in your heart, then nothing's going to happen. Yep. I said it. Nothing's going to happen. See, this is what was happening in the city. And I know that that's not my podcast followers, that they all love Christ and they're all willing to go through the process that God has for them, or you wouldn't even be listening. So I know God has something truly awesome for us, but I do know this: that the other side of the fence, there are some people who don't believe. There's some people that just that you can show them the word, you can help them, you can be compassionate, you can give them the shirt off your back, and they're still going to continue on in the rut in the process that they decide to do because that's what they want to do. They've made that up in their mind. Now, this particular city is interesting because when you go back to Matthew 11 and 21, I'm going to read to you what ended up happening in this city so that you can understand as to why in Mark 8 and 24 through 26, Jesus gives this particular man some some direction on What he should do after he made it through his transition and he was transformed. Now we're going to pop over to Matthew 11 and 21. And I want you to hang Matthew in 11 and 21 like a balloon in the air. I just want you to hang it. And then I'm going to hook this thing together as I continue to teach you. Now this is what Matthew 11 and 21 says. What horrors await you Chorazin and Bethsaida? That's the city that we're talking about. I want you to focus on Bethsaida because this is where the healing took place in Mark 8 and 24 with this particular old man. Remember, I told you that the people in the city is who brought this old man to Jesus. At least that's what we think. That's what that's what the text appears to say. It says some people brought him so we could only assume they was from the city. So it says what horrors await you Corazan and Bethsaida. For if the miracles I did in you had been done in the wicked Tyra and Sidon, their people would have sat in deep repentance long ago, clothed in sackcloth and throwing ashes on their head to show their remorse. I assure you, Tyra and Sidon will be better off on judgment day than you. So you say, so what does that mean? That means he's basically addressing the city. This is Matthew 11 and 21. Jesus is talking to the city. And I know that is Jesus. I didn't guess that it was Jesus or I didn't assume that it was Jesus because if you have your word open, the text is read. So if the text is red, this is him talking. So he's basically telling them that, you know what? if I could do whatever, uh, floated your boat in here, you're still not going to repent. matter of fact, he even lined them up with another city saying, you know what that city, if I would have went there and did these miracles, they would have surely repented and and they and, and they had not even seen me so say if jesus had sent miracles in a particular city that he names here in this text and and he's he's basically saying that you know uh if i went over here to city b but I physically didn't go to city B say miracles happened in city B and they 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 would understand that just because those miracles are happening there they would have the conviction in their heart to do what is right but but with this particular city they had the advantage Bethesda had the advantage of having Jesus present to conduct the miracles or execute the miracles and when he does these miracles they still don't find any conviction in their heart. See, you say, so what does all that mean? That's like, you know how when uh, people hear the word of God, we haven't physically went and touched and saw Jesus, but through hearing the word of God, the foolishness of preaching, we are drawn to him. Our hearts are open to him. And then salvation is given to us freely. Now, but but we had to first come into a place that we felt convicted about the state that we were in acknowledging the state that we was in. And that's another thing that I want to talk to you about. You can't move from one state of, of, of a lesser, unless you recognize that you are entitled to more. And I believe in this particular city, they had a mindset that you that was already made up. There was nothing anybody could do. I didn't guess that. That's what eleven Matthew eleven and twenty one tells us. Jesus cursed this particular city. So now let's flip back over to Mark eight and twenty four, so I can bring it together for you. Now Mark eight, and we're starting at twenty two, but I'm focusing on verse twenty four, but. Verse 22, 8 and 22, this is what it says. When they arrived at Bethsaida, some people brought a blind man to Jesus and they begged him to touch and heal the man. So I've already given you a bit of a background on this particular city because you have to understand the background of the city so that you can understand the mind state of the city. See, the city has the mind state that comes with it. And you say, so what does that mean? The word of God said, how can two walk together and not agree? See, people in Philippi- in, in the verses Philippians 2 and uh, verses 2 through 8 it talks about like mindedness and you'll see people say that they would like to be um, around people that's more like them that's not something that they're coming up with just in and of itself the word of God desires for us to be around like minded people because it says how can two walk together and not agree if this person's not like me and going in the same direction and they going in the opposite direction how can I walk with them how can they walk backwards and I walk forward and we still hold hands. That makes no sense. And if you keep trying to do it, that's insanity. That's not even right. It's not even, it's shit. I'm not going to say it's not possible, but what I'm saying, it's going to be rather difficult to do that. So what happens is once you grasp that, how can two walk together and not agree, then we can continue to dissect this scripture because like I said, verse 22 talks about the city of Bethesda. Now we know the state of the particular city that we in, they basically don't believe in God. In short, they really don't believe that he can do these miracles, even though he's done miracles in front of them. But they bring this man to him. So that's the next question we have. You're saying, well, why would they bring the man to Jesus if they really didn't believe in him? Sometimes people do things because they're spectators. Sometimes I've learned in life that sometimes people will continue to ask you for something and they're spectating or they're trying to figure out a way to pick something apart that they don't understand or to question it or to to do something that's contrary to uh good order and discipline and we'll leave it there so uh verses 23 reads like this jesus took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village see this is how i know i'm on to something because if if these people were like-minded like Christ because he's there conducting miracles. He he's sinless. He loves them. He's encouraging them. He's inspiring them. He's basically the epitome of what we want to be on life. He's the template that we must follow. He's right there with them, but he chooses to take this man and lead the man out of the city because see, you can't pour new wine into old wineskins. That's the word of God. That's not Jasmine making it up. The word of God tells us clearly that you cannot pour new wine into all wineskins when we look at this city and we look at it as a wine how he's already recognized you don't even believe I appreciate you bringing this man to me because remember, he at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord. He comes to heal; he's a healer. So what does a healer do? He heals. So he's not going to reject this man because the people that brought him is spectators, or because the people that brought him have no conviction. He's going to use everything to work together for your good. He used that situation to work together for the good of the man who was blind. So they may have took this man who was blind and had preconceived notions and had premeditated some type of folly that they were going to do against the father's son but guess what Jesus says no not so I'm going to take this situation and I'm going to turn it around for your good that's what he did so he takes the blind man because who's to say the blind man knew anything that was going on I mean come on now he's blind he probably don't know what's going on they could have told him we just gonna take you to Jesus and still had a hidden agenda I know that I'm right because James the book of James speaks about having a, a pure motive in any and everything that we do and sometimes our motives aren't pure so there's a strong possibility that this city having the uh history and the reputation that it had for not having conviction could potentially have a hidden agenda and a hidden motive as to why they brought this man to get healed. But Jesus said, it doesn't even matter because I'm going to work it out together for your good. So even though y'all brought him, I'm going to bless him. And that's what I love about Jesus. And that's what I need for you to get on today. It don't matter what your new normal is. God's going to bless you anyway. He's going to bring you out. You know that you're going to come out on the other side of through God is here to bless you he rules and reigns supreme in your life if you believe it and you can count it as completed that he's going to bring you out of whatever it is that you feel that you're stuck in God desires to bless you the word of God says he delights in blessing us what does it mean to delight in something when you delight in something, you get great joy in doing it. So he gets great joy in blessing us. Jesus has no reason or God has no reason to hold his hand back from us because it belongs to him. It was made for him and by him. So it really doesn't matter. It all belongs to him. So he delights in blessing us. He, This is what he wants to do. And he's showing that as he grabs this man in verse 23 and he leads him out of the village. He leads him out of a place that could potentially... Uh, mess his thought process up. I'm a, I'm venture to say that I'm, I'm venture to take my, uh, uh, stick and throw it in the ocean and say, you know what? He's leading him out of there because of the thought process. Now stay with me because the next scripture says, then spitting on his on the man's eyes, he laid his hand on him and asked, can you see anything now? Now, I read that earlier and I said it twice because there's there's something that comes with this particular scripture. Again, this scripture is in red, so this is Jesus talking. He's saying, can you see anything now? What does it mean to say, can you see anything now? And not only that, he says, can you see Anything, anything. That means, do you see a little bit of light? Do you see a little inkling of light? Do you see butterflies flying around? Like, what do you see? He's saying, do you see anything? He's saying that because he needs to know. As I'm doing this process of healing in you, is is this working? Is this working? Because when your heart is open and you believe, because it says we must first come to him by faith. When you believe by faith that you're going to be healed, it may not be. Instantaneous but I'm going to tell you this because the Lord is a healer. It's a process. Some things happen in a process and he needed to show his disciples this quick lesson. And I'm here to tell you on today that you may have been praying for something. You may have been asking God for something and it may not have happened for you instantly. Matter of fact, it may not have happened the first time, but I'm here to tell you, if you keep your hands to the plow at this point, it's not the time to throw in the towel. This is not the time for you to go leave and conspire because somebody didn't told you something that contrary to the word of God. God is faithful. His reputation is flawless. He desires to bless you. I a matter of fact, I gave you a scripture that you can hang as a balloon when someone comes against you. He delights in blessing you. This is what he desires to do. So you can't go wrong serving God. I've learned this. My spiritual dad tells me this and told me this when I was first coming up in the word. He would always tell me when I would be unsure about something or, or concerned about something, or even felt like I've, I've done something and and I'm feeling overwhelmed with guilt. And the guilt is the trick of the enemy for you to condemn yourself so that you can't operate in the fullness thereof. He will remind me and say, you know what, daughter, you cannot go wrong seeking God. If your heart and your motives are right, you stay on this journey long enough, you're going to be okay. And I'm here to tell somebody on today, you're going to be okay. I'm here to tell somebody on today, you need to continue to stand. I'm here to tell somebody on today that you will not throw in the towel. Matter of fact, I come into agreement with you to tell you, you will not go and throw in the towel. That I decree and declare that you will stand and that you will continue to stand again. God has a blessing for you in this particular hour because I know some people have thrown their hands up or feel like throwing their hands up or someone has told you to throw your hands up because this pandemic got people acting in any and every kind of way. But I'm telling you that you're Christ-like, that you're going to have Christ-like tendencies, that your character is going to line up with your heart and your attitude. And when God ushers you in by your... Your gifts, your character will not flaw you. God has a plan for you and I'm standing on it. I'm praying for you on today and I'm going to continue to come over this podcast to encourage you in your ups, and your downs because see, I know I've walked with God long enough to know in the good times and the bad times, he's still God. He's still sovereign. He's still high and lifted up and trying to bless each and every one of us on today if we would just stay the course and and that's another thing. Some of us don't stay the course. You need to stay the course. God has a plan for you. He didn't say it was going to happen instantaneously because we know that when we go back to the scriptures, he asked him, can you see anything? That's an indicator that he, Jesus already knew ahead of time, this wasn't going to be a quick healing. And then, and then I know that some people are saying, okay, well, is it that he was too weak to heal him or, or, or why did it take him that long? Maybe he wasn't that powerful. Come on now. This is Jesus. He's omnipresent. He's the beginning and the end. He's the alpha and omega. He's the lily in the valley. He's the rose of Sharon. He's any and everything I need him to be. They told Moses to say, I am sent you. I am whatever you need me to be. This is who we're talking about here. This this person has wisdom that defies man. He said he would take the foolish things to confine the wise. That means he's going to take something that's foolish and use it to bless us on today. He'll take something foolish and make you the head and not the tail. You were at the back of the line and all of a sudden today you've transitioned to the beginning of the line. That's what God does. He's in the blessing business. He's he's into a, in a business that wants you to come into the true knowledge of who he is. And, and you say, well, what does all that mean? What that means is he acts the man Can you see anything now? He was aware that he was doing a process of healing on this man. He was well aware that he took this situation as an opportunity to teach his disciples that you know what? Everything may not be instantaneous, but you need to stay the course. That's what he's saying. That's what I hear him saying in the spirit. He told them. Everything's not instantaneous, but you just need to stay the course. And if you stay the course and you keep at this thing, you're going to be blessed. You know how I know that? It's because in verse 24, it says the man looked around. Remember Jesus said, can you see anything? That This is what the man says. He looks around and says, yes, I see people, but I can't see them very clearly. They look like trees walking around. And some people Bible, you hear him say, I see men walking like trees so we already know if he sees something and it, it's it's walking like a trees he he is he's not seeing clearly he's he's seeing through a a, a foggy lens so and i think jesus or i don't think i know he already knew that that was the case because he said can you see anything if if he knew it was going to be an instantaneous healing he would have just said can you see and left it right there. It would have been up here. Can you see... exclamation point or or question mark in a period can you see but he didn't he said can you see anything to indicate to him that this is going to be the process and are you going to stay the course and and then what is the what is where the next response is then Jesus placed his hand over the man's eyes because the man remember he responded he saw a man but they was walking like trees so Jesus takes his hands and puts it on the man's eyes again so this is a second time that Jesus is putting his hands on the man eyes and i've already clarified it's not because he didn't have enough power it's not because he uh wasn't endowed enough to do the healing the first time and and and, and he didn't consecrate because some people go through all those notions no that's not why this is a process and he's showing us that some things come through a process just like he said some things come through prayer some things come through fasting this particular instinct guess what since there's nothing new under the sun the bible is our roadmap through life the bible has to come any and every situation that I could potentially go through so that the Bible can be true you say well why do you say that because Solomon said there's nothing new under the sun so if there's nothing new under the sun there's nothing that can happen to me that has not already happened so if that is true which we believe that the Bible is the absolute truth then we already know that he's trying to show us something anew something anew that okay maybe everything that the disciples saw at that point was all instantaneous healing Maybe that's all all they saw up to that point. I don't know. I would have to get back in here, get a historical map and map it all out from miracle to miracle time frame to figure out at this particular point in time. Is it that they had never seen a healing take place that took a process? Now, verse 25 says this. Then Jesus placed his hand over the man's eyes again a second time. As the man stared intently, his sight was completely restored. Now listen to this. His sight was completely restored and he could see everything clearly. So when Jesus took him through the process, that's what happened he took him through the process he could see everything clearly now i'm gonna i'm gonna stop right there because see i want to float that as a balloon that where are you at at this current time in your transition you say so what do you mean Jasmine? what i mean is we talked about what a process is a process is a series of actions or steps taken to achieve something now in order for that a process to even happen there's two steps that must happen before that process can even for we can even say that uh the this is a process and i'm going through it and and that's going to be my teaching point number one on today so lesson one is to understand this transition should come first in the process before it is the before the process can actually uh change from one state to another okay so what i'm saying is you must first transition you have to transition from one place to the other because It is the process. So the transition in and of itself is the process and the transformation is referring to the actual outcome of the process. You say, okay, so what does all that mean? That's a lot of words. I I, I don't quite understand it. I'm in the shower right now. I'm I'm cooking right now. I'm driving right now. I'm on my lunch break right now listening to this. What does that mean? Because I need clarity as I transition for the remainder of the year into what God has called me to do. What I'm telling you is if we take this template that I just gave you of this man who got healed, who had to go through the process, he first had to transition. He had to transition first. And what that transition was, in his particular case, Jesus had to remove him out of the town, start to transition him as he began to do this healing on him. And then when he was healed, you know, because if he would have bucked up against it and said, you know what, I don't want to go out of the town uh, for my healing. I want my healing here. You know, we don't know what the story would have been. We don't we don't know what the story would have been but i believe this man was desperate enough to understand that he wanted something better and that that makes me caveat that by saying where are you at and i said this in the beginning in the process you have to accept that you want to do better and then god will begin to transition you and then as he transitions you you will then find yourself transformed it says to be ye renewed in your you know in your thinking so that that, that scripture in a nutshell is saying you have to be renewed in your mindset and because this particular city had a, a, a mindset that didn't have any conviction, the Lord already said, you know what? I need to take you out of the city so that we can begin this process and this this and, and as I do this i'm gonna uh, he's transitioning him out of the city to be able to bless him because that's what I need for you to get in lesson one, you must first transition. Transition and transformation are two different things. In order for you to get the outcome, which is a transformation, you must transition. That's part of your process. And then once you've completely transitioned, then you will be transformed. And I know that I'm right because after this man transitioned through all the steps that it takes, because remember I said a process is a series of actions and steps to achieve something. So this transitioning process allow him to become transformed. And I know that I'm right because the scripture says that then Jesus placed his hand on him a second time. See, he's still in transition right now. He's still going through the transitional process. After he placed his hands on him a second time, it says the man stared intently. His sight was completely restored and he could see everything clearly. See, now he's at the end. Of his process because he can see everything clearly things make sense he not seeing people that look like trees it's clear to him that this is what it is because i truly can see he wasn't in a foggy state because some of us try to operate in a foggy state or some of us try to operate with rose color lens the lord is not putting rose color lens on you he's removing that smoke Removing that fog so that you might have clarity in this hour, and that's why I'm sent to you to provide you with clarity so that you can be guided through this uh finish line of the end of the year. You're gonna have a strong uh finish. I know it, I feel it. I because God said it, He said, You're more than a conqueror. You're more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. He said you're an overcomer. Th- these obstacles, it says the thinking not strange when these fiery darts come our way. So when situations come your way that's contrary to, to what you believe, God is still going to bless you. He's going to bring you out of it. That's an opportunity that He can be able to rise to the occasion in your life. I love it when Lord, when the Lord rises to the occasion in my life. But in this particular situation with uh Mark 8 and uh 22 through 25 is very interesting because with this particular scripture, the very last uh scripture in here says don't go back into the village on your way home. Okay, and that's in red. So let's 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 dissect that as we get ready to close out. It says, "Don't go back into the village on your way home." So now we have a man that's been brought out of a village that has an opposite mindset then a believer, God has did a healing with him. And then the Lord tells him, don't go back to the village. Don't you find that kind of strange? When I first read it, I said, wait a minute. Why can't he go back to the village? Wouldn't it make sense for him to go back to the village so that they can see that he's healed, so that they can be brought to Christ. But Jesus is saying, don't go back to the village because he's Jesus. Remember, I said he's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He's outside of time. He was already here. His divine wisdom dwelt upon the earth. See, he already knew from his previous experience with this city that even if you go back, it's not going to change nothing. If anything, what I would venture to say is, This is where lesson number two comes into play because I told you lesson number one was transitioning through your process so that you can come out on the other side of through so that you can be transformed. But once you've transformed, you have to understand in this process. And even after this process of transformation, everything ain't for everybody. Interesting lesson, huh? How many of you know that everything ain't for everybody? i know it because i already told you you had to be around people that was like-minded philippians 2 2 Eight tells us that being around like-minded people walking with people that you can't agree with and this particular city wasn't in agreement with it. So if he wouldn't went back then who's to say because they all uh, have spiritual issues that that wouldn't have rubbed off on him as he's trying to walk his transformation out because when you transform you still got to continue to walk in your transformation and that's where I'm trying to get you to understand on today. I don't know where each podcaster is at and and, in their process I don't know if people are starting the process I don't know how many people are in the transitional stages of the process I don't know if people are already at the transformational mark of the process but wherever you at the first thing I decree and declare is that you will not stop that you will continue to walk into completion but once you get to completion which is completion in this particular uh lesson I'm saying completion is when you get to transformation It doesn't stop there. You have to continue to walk. In your healing, you have to continue to walk in your transformation. You have to continue to walk in your blessing, because the enemy is always seeking who he can destroy, who he can devour. He walks among the earth, accusing the brethren. So it would do nothing more for him than to try to concoct a specific di- dark to come your way to make you feel like you wasn't healed, to make you feel like you wasn't transformed. That's that's the business that he in. He's a liar. He's an accuser. User of the brethren. So, what did you expect? See, if if this man would have went back to the city, we don't know what his spiritual state would have been we don't know if he would have backslid completely back we don't know if, if he would have d- didn't accept his healing we don't know all we can do is read the word of god stand on the word of god and know what the word of god tells us is that he told him don't go back the way you came and this ain't the first time the lord has issued a command in the bible where he tells them don't go back the way they came the the, the i can recall the magi who went to see jesus when jesus was a baby in the stable he told him don't go back the way you came." see because they the enemy sometimes tries to trip us up. He tries to trip us up on old thoughts, old friends, old failures, old things that serve us no uh, reason in my new season. And I and I say that by saying, in your new season season, once you've transformed, you're in a new season. You're elevated. And that's the that's the place we're at in this particular hour. That's why I felt such an urgency to come on. People are in a place where they are transitioning they are transitioning. They are being transformed by the renewing of their mind. They believe that God's going to do something for them. You have to hold on to the promises of God concerning your life. You're going to be okay. God's going to bless you. He's going to provide. Now he said he's going to provide for your needs according to his riches and his glory. So you're going to be okay. Don't give up. He's going to take care of you. Trust me. Now the the key thing is to understand He's going to take care of you the way he knows that's best to take care of you. And trust me, that's the best way. Because sometimes we think we know better for ourselves and and we don't trust God and we tell him how to bless us or or the best way to do it. But I'm a firm believer and and a person that's made enough mistakes to be able to be the first to throw my hands up into a test and say, God's timing is perfect. The way he provides is perfect. And when he provides, it comes without uh, a headache attached to it. He comes to truly bless you. When he's truly giving you something, there's no strings attached because he gives freely. And I'm closing there. So the two lessons on today, I want you to take away. The first lesson is to remember as you are transitioning, transition is a process. Some things aren't instantaneous. You have to step back, Pray and assess this lesson, and figure out where are you at in the process. Are you at the beginning, just now accepting that you have to go through this process? Are you in the middle, like this man had to get a second set of had Jesus to lay His hands on him a second time? Are you in the middle of the process where something's happened and now you need to continue to believe so God can continue doing the work that He He's already started that He promised to complete in your life? Or are you at the end where it's done and you're getting ready to? to walk out your transformation and we can take a quick analogy you was looking for the job and you it took a process to look for the job you had uh, all types of denials and disapprovals and you you found out in the middle of this process that your resume was all messed up and you had to rewrite the resume you had to learn how to apply all over again that's all a transition a transition in the process that god promised you a job and you know he promised you a job but it wasn't something that happened instantly instantaneously it was something that took time it was something that took a process to happen now as this process is completing itself and they say yes you have the job you are hired we want you here then now you must walk through the process of going into that job assimilating uh, yourself with the people and then that's a whole another process all over again because you don't know what lesson God has you to learn in that but I'm here to tell you that this this transition in this oh, transformation, it's a constant, a constant day-to-day thing. It's a constant lesson that we must master. And as you master it, you master your thoughts. So it makes the process easier and easier and easier every time you go through it. You learn how to give it to God. You learn how to not lose trust in the middle of the fight. See, God's going to bring each and every one of y'all, like I said in the beginning, to unexpected end. And I'm closing. I love you guys on today. Again, I want you to take the two uh, lesson points that I gave you. The first lesson point was transition and transformation. Understand the difference between the two and where you're at in it. And the last lesson, which was lesson two, I wanted you to take away from this was everything ain't for everybody. And the reason everything ain't for everybody is when Jesus did this healing, he pulled this man out of the city. He put him out of the city. He put him out of obscurity to bless him, and that's what you can count on. Everything ain't for everybody, and and when you get blessed, we could I could, could teach on this all night long if I felt like it. That once you get blessed, you may not be able to go back like the woman at the well. Remember the woman at the well uh, received her healing from Jesus, received her 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 drink, and was and was not having a thirst anymore. And then she went back to the city that she came from, and she told them all about, a man named Jesus. That's how it happened for her. She meets him at the well, and she goes all the way back to tell her city people all about a man named Jesus, and she brought people to Christ. With this particular situation, he didn't tell this man to go back to the city, and that leads me to believe that you have to assess your situation. You have to pray because the Word of God says, "Let every man work out his own salvation. Nobody else can assess your situation." This is a heart check right now in this hour for you. Assess your situation and figure out what God is trying to tell you. Is He telling you that? once you get through this process you need to go and get uh, uh, Loladale and, and Lucy and John to tell them about what happened or is he telling you you need to walk through this process and I'm going to take you into a land that I'm going to show you the uh, milk and honey that has nothing to do with this maybe this is a separation process I don't know but what I do know is that if you hold on to God's expected hand that you will be blessed in this process and he's not going to let you go because he said he never leaves or forsakes us so the only person that if you find yourself outside a relationship is because you left the relationship. So, and for, if I have someone that feels that they left the relationship, I'm praying. And this is your opportunity to, to, to go back by just saying, Lord, forgive me. I repent. I love you and and move on. And he's going to cast it in the sea of forgetfulness. And you're going to begin to move right on through your process. I'm trusting God for you on today. I love you guys. And I pray that you continue to listen to the podcast and not only that if it's blessing you give it to somebody else so that they can be blessed this is the hour in time that people need to hear hope people need to hear encouragement this isn't the time for us to take a bunch of information in and just keep it for ourselves this is the time that we must get the word of god out because the people need it the the numbers show every day that uh suicide rates are raising uh people with different types of mental illness is raising child abuse is raising the numbers are steadily increasing sometimes at least that's the the picture that they paint for us but for me as a believer and as an intercessor and as a prayer and as a person that's an ambassador for Christ whether the numbers are rising period I don't even want the numbers there because all have seen and far short of the glory of God it says that he would have it that no man should perish so it's our responsibility our reasonable service to not only keep ourselves consecrated but to be able to give that information to people who are in need of it so that they know that they don't have to feel hopeless that there's a great and blessed hope who they can hold on to there's an anchor who can keep them situated in the storm so pass this word along to them um, go on to to my apple podcast like this write something about it all that information inspires people it lets people understand that you know what this is a good word coming forth let me click on this let me be blessed i need for you to do your part in this hour not for me because god's going to continue to keep me he's going to continue to keep you but for the people who have not yet entered in that's where my heart breaks for people that aren't saved yet, people that still need to hear the word of God, people that may be making a decision because we just was careless and didn't bother to say we love them. We have to have the traits of Christ to be able to, to stand and, and, and be the we should just be the believer God has called us to be. So I'm going to pray us out, and I want you to know I truly, truly love you. God is with you on today. Oh, gracious heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you. We thank you for this awesome podcast. We thank you for every listener across the world, God, those that are in uh, the mainland, those that are in multiple countries. God, you have blessed us with the ability to be able to touch people on each and every end of the earth God and I thank you for that through the internet God allow them to feel your word allow them to feel your anointing go from the crown of their heads to the soles of their feet God begin to wash them away in this hour God I decree and declare that they'll begin to take on their new garments and they will put off the old man and they begin to walk in their transformation I decree and declare that they will not stop in the middle of transition I decree and declare that they will not turn around like Lot's wife and stop in time God I decree and declare that will be healed. I decree and declare that they will not walk in bitterness and malice, but they will walk in the loves and the truths of Christ. And we ask all these things in your darling son, Jesus name. Amen. 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 Until next time, be blessed and know that I love you and God loves you even the more.